Welcome to Community Concepts on localjobnetwork.com radio. I'm Azure Mahara with Greg Williams, a local veteran employment rep, also known as a lever or an LVER. The last time we met, we discussed tips for veteran outreach and reasons why a company can benefit from hiring a veteran. During the second half of our show today, we will discuss things that companies should know when hiring and recruiting vets. We're going to jump right into it with our first question. Okay, in your experience, what is the biggest challenge that veterans face? And I know we had talked about this on a previous show that you were on, but what is the biggest challenge that veterans face when going into a civilian job? And is there anything that an employer can do to smoothen that transition or just to be aware of any of those things? Well, that's a great question. I I think one of the biggest issues right now, and it's one of my pet peeves, is that there's so many newspaper articles out there and there's so many stories about post-traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress syndrome, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And when you hear that, you're thinking, well, what does that mean? Is this guy going to fly off the handle at any one day or is this going to happen? There's a real misconception about it. Many people in the civilian world have suffered from post-traumatic stress as well. You're in a car accident, you're right. in a tornado, you're whatever those issues are, although that's only a one-day thing, and, and these veterans are coming back for maybe seven months or six months of that. Yeah. But overall, all it means is that they're having some problems as far as maybe it's a sleep disorder. Um, it can be some very minor issues, and they're not anything that an employer would really have to worry about. The biggest thing for veterans is that transition period. They need to take some time and and slowly get back into the workforce. Uh, that's one of the things when we talk to our, our veterans that we talk to them about. Take your time. You don't have to be in that big a hurry. Every veteran that comes out of the service is eligible for unemployment compensation when he or she first gets back, and that's exactly for that reason. Take your time getting back into the workforce. Make up your mind what you want to do, and then let's go for it. Now, and I know you had said that a lot of veterans that come back are, they want to jump in. They want to get going on their career and, you know, catch up to where their friends are or just have another career where they can exceed at if they're not deciding to go stay in the military. And then now you're saying you recommend taking some time. So do you think that that's case by case or do you think that employers should be aware of that? If somebody, you know, just came home and it's two weeks later and, and they want to get another job, I mean, is that something that they should say, you know what? take some time and maybe go for a veteran applicant that's equally qualified that's been home for a couple of months or whatever the time, you know, you think is the best? Well, you ask good questions. (laughs) You should do this for a living. That's a great question. It is totally a case-by-case basis. Different veterans have had different jobs, have had different responsibilities while in the military. So a lot of them are coming back and they don't really have any, any issues that they have to deal with. When we're talking specifically about some transition time, taking some time, we're primarily talking about combat veterans. So veterans that are suffering from post-traumatic stress. Or highly just, or just... Or, right, or just have been through that combat situation because a simple thing, especially like Afghanistan is one thing, Iraq is something else. Iraq, they were driving on regular city streets. You know, a tire could turn into a bomb. Right. You know, a wrecked car could be even such a thing as like a, a dog carcass alongside of the road. So for them, when they come back here and they're driving down the streets and that, they're going to see some things that are very similar to what they saw over there. And they may have been involved in you know some sort of IED explosion. So 
they take it a little more time. Afghani vets, that's pretty much out in rocky, desolate country. So the city thing isn't, isn't as difficult an issue for them. But we, so we look at each individual and, and see where they are. We do what we call a, an IEP, which is an Individual Employability Plan, where we look at what the goals are, how that veteran can best achieve those goals, what careers he's really suited for based on what he's done before or what she's done before and what they've learned in the military. Now, there is one other issue there. In the last few years, we've used a lot of National Guard and reserve units have been in, activated and gone into duty. A lot of those National Guard especially have had jobs. But I just spoke to one not too long ago. His job back here was he was uh, changing oil at one of those quickie loops. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, once you get shot at, you start evaluating your life, and he decides that's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. So we looked at where his skill sets are, and he's gone now in a totally different direction. Uh, He served in the military police, and he's now going uh, looking at and attending school for law enforcement. That's excellent. I think that that kind of circles back to what you were saying before, too, is that if an organization or a company wants to hire a veteran, that it's great to come see you because you do sit down with them and you get that case by case. So you can understand, you know, give some advice to the company. You know, he's going to take a little bit more time or she's going to take a little bit more time or this person is ready and this is a great fit for your company. Um, so going to to your local LVR or DVOP is very valuable for a company. I think of all the tools out there and, you know, I'm thinking about this. I don't want to say I'm the biggest tool, <laughs> <laughs> but I am a pretty good tool. Uh, I'm somebody, uh, an LVR, a DVOP should be one of the things that they're going to do no matter what. Necessarily doesn't have to be the first contact, but they definitely should make one. And, and it's easy to do because they can get through whatever local uh, workforce development uh, setup there is. As I said, in our state, Job Center of Wisconsin, they go on there they can contact us, and we will certainly contact them. Another reason to go to us is that, uh, for instance, in the state of Wisconsin, we're doing 14 job fairs throughout the state of Wisconsin. Those are veterans-only job fairs. Some of them are veterans, and certainly spouses of veterans will work with too, but they're veteran-only events. As long as an employer actually has some job openings available, we'll put him into the job fair, and he's going to see nothing but veterans. Last year, we did it from 9 a.m. to noon, our, our fall event. We do two a year here in Milwaukee. We do them at, on the VA grounds. And uh, we had 704 veterans come through the door in that three-hour time frame. You do do them every year. And is there a cost involved for the employers to come and be a part of the, the job fair? Wow, another super question. <laughs> you don't have to say the cost. I just, you know, I just want to know if there's a cost. There is for- none. Okay. Uh, the you know the cost is absorbed by in in this instance the uh, and this is the only event in the country that does it the way we're doing it here in Milwaukee because we have a VA regional office here and we have VA uh, healthcare facility the VA is donating the space and is doing a lot of the advertising uh, the Milwaukee County and the state of Wisconsin we're all working together so we've got county state and federal and and we're all working on the same page there's hope that this will be done in other areas. We're really um, looking to the VA, especially since the president made that speech in November uh, of this year, and they passed a law regarding hiring veterans, particularly Afghani and 
Iraqi vets. Right. They're upgrading and giving reasons for employer to hire veterans, including a, a really great tax credit. So to do that, this meets that criteria perfectly because we're we're using VA centers. There's VA centers all across the country. So right now we are making some advances and asking uh, through Washington, D.C., and asking if they'd be interested in looking at the same thing and expanding it to other states. So that's pretty exciting if, it if is that exciting. does happen. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's very valuable that there isn't a cost. And even if there is, it's still definitely, you know, in the future, if, if a cost is involved, it's something, like you said, that you can't really put a value on because you do have so many veterans coming in there. And you know that if you're trying to outreach to veterans, here, here, here they are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, if a company does find you know, a veteran job seeker and they want to have an interview, what are some good questions you think that the interviewer should give to the job seeker? Well, I don't think that in an interview process that there has to be a lot of difference made between a veteran or a non-veteran candidate because within that process, the veteran will be answering questions from his or her knowledge of the military as well as her other uh, experiences. So I think that the, the questions can pretty much remain the same. The things that an employer needs are the same whether an individual is a veteran or not. It's right. just that we think that based on the veteran's maturity level that a veteran is going to stand out when he gets in, or she gets involved in that interview process. And I think that employers need to not be afraid to ask, hey, I don't understand what that term is, or I don't understand the ranking, please explain. Um, and that goes for job seekers, too. If you're interviewing and, you know, you're, you're trying to say what you did in the military, go into detail, because a lot of the interviewer might not know everything. Exactly. I, I think that um, that's one of the big things that we talk about when we talk to our veterans, is to make their their resume and make their explanations, civilianize them. Make sure that you can you can come up with uh, a comparable definition of something that you've done in the civilian workforce, whether it's even something as diverse as like an a forward artillery observer or something. A lot of the knowledge, skills, and abilities that are used on that job are used on other civilian jobs. So we try to match those things up. Yeah. Now, if a employer does, the interview goes great, and they hire them, let's say it's a, an active officer. Is there anything that the company or the HR um, department should know about that situation? Well, and that kind of goes back to what I talked about with the National Guard and Reserves. It's very hard for a lot of smaller companies when they have uh, someone working for them that is in the National Guard or is in the Reserves if they get called up. The small companies, if you've got a 10-person operation and the veteran, the National Guard member gets called up, maybe there's only one, mm -hmm. uh, that's still 10% of the workforce. It's a difficult thing for, uh, for an employer. But by the same token, that the Guard and Reserve are not being utilized quite as strong as they are. We're seeing that there's the stand-downs now. We're seeing that there's drawbacks. They're pulling uh, troops back. Um, there's probably going to be a, the force is probably going to be reduced, the military, the size of our military. So there'll be a lot more veterans out there. And the guard will go back to being the guard that it was, which gets called up primarily for state emergencies, you know, floods, tornadoes, fires, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I don't think they have to worry about it an awful lot, but they do have to understand that's a commitment. When I talk to employers, and there are uh, organizations that work with uh, employers specifically from the guard standpoint. Um, I think it's the Guard and Reserve, I think it's ESGR, and it's a, an organization that lets employers know what they can expect from the Guard and Reserves. And that's something else I can, I can send the, an employer over if he's got questions. In the ESGR, they also have a branch that they have certain people within the organization in each state department that do employment specialty work. Exactly, exactly. I do want to tell all employers out there, we don't have veterans coming out of our seams. <laughs> and when they call up, now they seem to think that, oh, we'll have 50 veterans that are welders. <laughs> that, that's not necessarily what's going on right now. Those veterans that are coming back are going to all the states from Afghanistan. They're going to all the states in this country. Wisconsin has certainly sent its share of veterans um, and has their certain share out there. But yeah, I, it, I know someone that just left Wisconsin, and I think he's in Virginia right now. Right, but, in training. But there's only so many veterans, uh, and they're spread pretty thin. And the competition is great. So if when employers call, um, we may or may not have somebody right away. We certainly will do a, our, our job, a due diligence, and search for them. But please don't think that we're happy that you want to hire a veteran, but there may not be one out there for you. And I want to thank all the employers in the past that have hired veterans and the great number of them that call us every day looking for veterans to hire. Well, Greg, thank you for coming in today and speaking with me. I'm Azure Mahara on localjobnetwork.com radio. Thank you to all of our employers once again, and thank you to all the veterans out there. <laughs>